Well, after another exciting weekend of racing, we have plenty to go over. This time from Michigan International Speedway, we're going to be discussing Ty Gibbs getting his fifth win on the season and further submitting himself as a Final Four driver. Kevin Harvick coming through with a key win, snapping a 65-race winless streak. And now the points battle between Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr. We'll also be looking ahead at what is now a Sunday afternoon race at Richmond International Raceway. And all this is covered on three wide. And this past weekend, we had action from the Irish Hills at Michigan International Speedway. Both the Xfinity Series and Cup Series took to the track with Xfinity guys kicking things off on Saturday. And going into the race, Noah Gregson, he was the favorite going into this race to get the win. And he did win stages one and two. He led a, you know, quite a few laps, but it was Ty Gibbs who came away with his fifth win of the season, ninth overall in his career. And behind him in the top 10, you had Justin Allgaier second and Noah Gregson third. Brandon Jones finished in fourth, followed by Austin Hill in fifth. Josh Berry came home in sixth with A.J. Allmendinger seventh. Daniel Hemrick eighth, Riley Herbst ninth, and Landon Castle rounded out the top 10. So it was a pretty straightforward race. Not a whole lot of surprises there in the top 10. There was one guy that was fun to watch throughout the race who, you know, could have been a bit of an upset in the top 10, and that is Sammy Smith making his third start for Joe Gibbs Racing in the 18 car. He finishes his best finish of 12th and had a fast car, was able to lead a lap, running up in the top five, top 10 most of the day. Unfortunately, he had a speeding penalty there in the final stage, and that took away what would have probably been a top 10, top five finish. You know, it happened under green flag pit stop, so that really took away the wind out of his sails to get an even better finish than what he did. And in his first two starts, he's had speed. He had engine problems in one race and a crash in another, but he did start top 10 all three races. He's got two fifths and an eighth as far as starting positions go. He's a full-time ARCA driver. He's won eight career ARCA races so far. Guy's only 18 years old, so he's definitely got a bright future for him if he's able to stay under that, you know, Toyota Joe Gibbs wing. Uh, that would probably be the best for him, you know, to set him up for the long run, but we know how things can go with Toyota and TRD. As far as young drivers, they can sometimes kind of get lost in the shuffle. But hopefully Sammy's able to hang on and keep uh, surprising and impressing people with these finishes and the runs he gets in the Xfinity Series. And Ty Gibbs, man, his fifth win of the season, and he just keeps getting himself in playoff points. And I think unless he goes out in the first three races of the first round and has some mechanical issues or crashes out, to me, he's pretty much already a lock for the Final Four at Phoenix. Uh, if I had to guess today what the Final Four would be, I would put him, Noah Gregson, Justin Allgaier, and the fourth spot, I'm kind of torn between Austin Hill and Josh Berry. I feel like those are the the top four, you know, those could be the top four drivers. You know, AJ, he is starting to show more speed, getting, a, you know, a little bit more momentum under him. But I just, I, I'm not sure. I'm kind of leaning towards Josh Berry to surprise people and get to that final four and have a shot at the, at the championship. And on that, speaking of, you know, staying on the playoff side of things, after Indy last week, you had Landon Castle move up a spot in the points. So now you have Ryan Sieg versus Sheldon Creed for that final playoff spot on points. And Ryan Sieg finished the day Saturday with a 15th place finish, but he did come away with six stage points. He finished pretty good. I can't remember if it was stage one or two. He finished up towards the front. Sheldon, he finished 11th place, but he had no no stage points. He, he wasn't able to get any stage points. 
in either one. And he came into this race 50 points behind Ryan Sieg. And after the race, it is now 52 points with five races left. So plenty of time for him to, to catch up with him on points. Uh, it's going to take, you know, getting those stage points, though, because, you know, Sieg, he's normally going to run right there in the low top 10s, top 15 era area of the finishing order. So Sheldon's definitely going to have to get as many stage points as he can between now and Daytona. And, you know, they're off next week that we won't see Xfinity Racing back until Watkins Glen. And Sheldon, he's definitely no slouch on the road courses. This would be a, a perfect opportunity for him to make up some ground, you know, and trim that, you know, gap between him and Sieg. Either way, it's definitely shaping up to be an interesting battle for that final spot when just a, a few weeks ago, it pretty much looked like unless there was an upset winner, it, it, the playoff board was pretty much set. So a lot to watch, get a week off, a chance to catch their breath. And I look forward to that that race at Watkins Glen. Normally, that that's a pretty good one. I love Watkins Glen the, on the road course. It's a very fun track, fun race to watch. Guys can get in there and beating and banging, and you can see tempers flying. So, I, you know, expect a pretty exciting show when the Xfinity Series rolls back around at Watkins Glen. And, man, on Sunday's race, it was another just action-packed race. A lot going on. A lot of you know, stories coming out of this race, a lot of things going on on the track that we got to, we got to discuss. We got to go over first things first. You had a, another rain delay start due to weather, you know, the track, it, it got rained on putting this race in jeopardy of being postponed due to it. You know, Michigan not having lights and with NASCAR now doing the later start times, it put them definitely in a corner. Fortunately, they were able to avoid you know, any major rainstorm or at least something that lasted a long time and really messed up the track, able to complete all the laps. And before we get on into the jumping into the race action, NASCAR, the new schedule should be out. I think they, they're hoping sometime this month. It'll be interesting to see what they do with start times, uh, just because we've had so many rain delays and postponements this year that a lot of fans are starting to, you know, really be vocal, you know, wanting race times to kind of set up more towards, you know, your noon, one o'clock start times, just to give yourself a little buffer room in case you run into an incident, incident like this. And I think the start times definitely should be earlier, at least at tracks without the lights. To me, you know, you want to give yourself as much room as you can, just so you can give the fans that, that paid to be there, you know, their money's worth. So hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, we'll be discussing on here the, the new schedule. Not sh I'd, I wouldn't put my money on times changing, but you can be hopeful and positive about it. We'll see how that turns out. But as I said, luckily NASCAR Sunday was able to avoid the rain. You know, any more rain coming in, completed all the laps, and Kevin Harvick, he ended a 65-race winless streak and come away with a huge victory for him. You know, he was there below the cut line, wasn't look like he was going to make the playoffs. He's had, a, I would say, a better season this year than last year, but still he, he had to get in victory lane to get back in, and he did just that. The top ten behind him was Bubba Wallace in second, Denny Hamlin in third, Joey Logano finished fourth, followed by Ryan Blaney in fifth. You had Martin Truex Jr. in sixth, followed by Kyle Larson in seventh. Eric Jones, he finished eighth, and Alex Bowman in ninth. And Ty Gibbs, he would finish in tenth for his first career top ten finish. 
So there was so many strong runs by drivers who needed it. You know, you look there, you know, Bubba, he's been on a pretty good hot streak and able to come through, you know, look like he could be a car that would get the win, still able to come away with a, a solid second place finish. Also, you know, now with Kevin Harvick winning the battles between Ryan Blaney, and Martin Truex Jr. for, for the points position. If we have no more winners, that's going to be the key thing. Alex Bowman, He's had a you know rough few weeks, able to get a solid top 10 along with Ty Gibbs, his first career top 10. And you've just seen him slowly, just each race getting better and better, which shows just how cup-ready he is. Also, Austin Hill, he made his first career start Saturday, driving the 33 for Richard Childress Racing. And he came away with a pretty solid 18th place finish in his debut. So you had Austin, you've had Austin Hill, Zane Smith, Ty Gibbs, all make their first career starts this year that I can think off the top of my head, and they've come away with top 20 finishes. And so the future's definitely looking bright for the Cup Series. And Toyota leading into this race was, you know, somebody from Toyota was going to win this race. That was the overall thought among the, the media and even fans. They were strong during practice, strong during qualifying. Bubba Wallace gets his first career pole. And, you know, he was really looking like the strongest car of that Toyota field. He had worked his way back to the front row on a final restart. It was him versus Harvick head to head. And Harvick got the better restart with the push behind him. Bubba then had to battle with Joey Logano, try and get around Kyle Larson. He started battling Logano for second with about 34 to go. And it took him until 18 laps to go just to get around him. And by that point, Harvick, he had opened up a huge lead. It was pretty much gone. It was going to take a caution just to get Bubba back in contention of things. You know, and Gibbs, as I said, and what may be his final start, Kurt's hopeful to return next week, gets his first top 10. He restarted that last restart with 37 laps to go outside the top 20 and was able to come away with a top 10 finish. So as I said just a few moments ago, just showing how cup ready i think he is now whether that means he'll be in the cup series next year i I'm, i don't know i'm leaning towards no i think joe will stand by his word but depending on how silly season goes in, in, you know all bets are off and as i said with harvick's win that now has martin trix jr versus ryan blaney who is martin trix jr's 19 points behind ryan for that final playoff spot on points and again, one of the negatives of the playoffs rears its ugly head. You you got Ryan Blaney, who's second in points in the regular point standings, and Martin Truex Jr., who's fourth in the regular point standings. They are both looking like they're, you know, at least one of them is not going to make that playoff run because of the win and get in system. Both drivers, they've had great seasons, just zero wins. And on this week's, you know, video that I do on YouTube, I will go more in depth in, uh, in the point system pros and cons of each, which do I think is better? We'll discuss that more in depth come about the middle of the week. That video will be out. And Kurt Busch, you know, he put out he is hopeful to be back next weekend at Richmond. And hopefully he is, mainly for the sake of, you know, I hope he's 100%, hope he's back healthy. But he is right now sitting 20th in points. So say we get two new winners, he's going to be the first driver out. And it'd be unfortunate if he missed the playoffs due to sitting out for a concussion protocol. You know, that would just be a bummer way for him to miss out on this playoffs to, just due to that, pretty much making his own call, getting himself out of the car and taking 
care of himself. So say, you know, we're going to Richmond where Martin Trex Jr. is the defending winner. Daytona is still on the board where Ryan Blaney is the defending winner. It's going to be tight. And, you know, you also still got Eric Jones back there who's, you know, no slouch at Daytona. Bubba, who's also no slouch at Daytona and who's feeling pretty confident. He is on a hot streak. Will that carry over into Richmond? So a lot of things can still go right for some drivers and a lot of things can still go right wrong for the others. Um, we'll just have to wait and see how these next three races play out, but it's getting intense. It's definitely drivers are going to start feeling the pressure, especially Blaney and Truex. And it's going to be interesting to see if that affects their drive and how they attack the races from here on out. You had after the race, like I said, Bubba finished second, had a great car, definitely was a car capable of winning, but, come up short and he had a very emotional interview you know Bubba he's a guy who carries his heart on his sleeve he'll get emotional real quick you know he's just that passionate about it to me and in his words in his post-race interview he said he should have taken the outside behind Harvick instead of beside him so maybe he could have gotten the run like Larson did and had a better shot at the lead wouldn't have had to fool with Joey Logano he did say that the 22 being Logano earned another Ford contract letting another Ford get the win uh, I'm sure I think that was mainly said from a place of frustration. I didn't see Logano do anything just out of, out of order. He raced him hard for second place. I, I didn't think too much of it. You, you may have thought otherwise, but to me, it was just two guys going for second, possibly, you know, trying to get in a, themselves in a shot to get the win. If a caution came out, and then he went on to say that, that he felt everyone on his team. And he, he's very hard on himself, much like, you know, Chase Elliott, he can be when he loses a race, especially before he got that first career win. You know, Chase would have a win get, slip away from him, and he'd beat himself up in the press. And Bubba's just kind of doing the same thing. They're very hard on themselves. They Even Bubba said he tends to focus on the negative more than the positive, which he said he, he should probably work on. But – He's definitely got plenty to hold his head up high, and Dale Jr. said it best in the post-race coverage, which is, you know, hopefully Bubba's guys, his people can rally around him, say, look, dude, you got to keep your head up. We're, we're, you know, just counting off these great finishes, these great races. They could very well come away with a win before this regular season is over with. And even if they don't, I see him getting a win before the end of the season. His last four races, including yesterday, was a third-place finish, an eighth-place finish, a fifth-place finish, and a second-place finish. And stat-wise, it's his best season that he's had so far. And you can definitely see this team coming together, especially since they made this pit crew swap. So, you know, that that was tough to watch Bubba be hard on himself. But like I said, he's he's that's just who he is, like Chase, like a lot of these young drivers are. They'll, they'll beat themselves up, feeling like they let everyone down. And then we, we can't wrap up the Cup Series without, once again, talking about Ross Chastain. Only this time, he mixed it up with the Joe Gibbs Racing driver, but it was Christopher Bell this time. Late in the race, you had, you know, green flag pit stops going on. Ross, he was, you know, this is after both their pit stops. He's trying to make a pass on Christopher on the inside out of turn four. Christopher goes to make a block. Ross carries his momentum to the outside. And, you know, he, he had a fender on him coming down the front straightaway. But Bell seemed to move up to make a little block or, or I'm not sure what it was. And Bell ended up inside in the outside wall. And 
the replay, it seemed to show Ross turn left. I, I'm not sure if it's he was trying to gather it up because Christopher did come up and, and he was just trying to hold on to it. I'm not sure. But either way, this is going to be something to watch as the playoffs go on. I mean, could this be a track house versus JGR playoff? Justin March, he has not been the owner of track house, has not been shy about his comments in the media, especially when it comes between Denny and Ross. We know Ross isn't going to back down. He, he's going to keep racing like this. And as the season goes on and he keeps having a shot at this championship, he's probably going to get more aggressive, as hard to imagine as that is. And we know Denny Hamlin, he'll, it'll get to a point where, you know, some contact's going to be made somewhere. Somebody's going to be mad and we're going to have a confrontation at some point. Uh, but with now Christopher Bell getting involved, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it goes with both Suarez and Chastain both being in the playoffs, as well as, as of right now, three of the four Gibbs cars in the playoffs. So drama and action everywhere as we're wrapping up this regular season. And next weekend at Richmond, a short track. Man, we'll see. I'm, I, I'm hoping the race is better than it was in the spring. But... I, I'm not sure it's, it's, a, you know, Sunday afternoon race. I'm not sure how this race will go. Hopefully NASCAR's made some changes to the car and, and we can see one heck of a show come Sunday. So this week, our spotlight drivers are two guys who have had, you know, been kind of in a slump. They've been, in, you know, inconsistent on the season. It, it just hasn't been their best year. And Michigan, after Michigan, they were able to come away with some solid finishes, hopefully get their season moving back in the right direction. And in the Xfinity Series, my spotlight driver is Brandon Jones. And he gets his first top 10 and top 5 since Road America just a handful of weeks ago. And really, since his win at Martinsville, it has been an up-and-down season for him. You know, he's, he'll go a couple weeks where he gets some solid 7th place, top 10 finishes, and then go a few weeks where he's struggling, you know, coming away with top 20, top 25 finishes. So hopefully this is, you know, a chance for him to build up some momentum, start, you know, the playoff right on the right foot. And, you know, to me, Brandon's always been one. If he can ever get that consistency down, he can be a threat week, week in and week out. He he's definitely shows the speed with that 19 car, just missing the consistency part of it. So hopefully this is a step in that direction. We'll have to wait and see. And on the cup side, it is Alex Bowman, who's it has been a struggle summer for him. He was able to finish in ninth place Sunday, and this was his first top 10 since the Coke 600 back on Memorial Day weekend in May. In those nine races since then, he has finished outside the top 30 in four of nine races. It has truly been a rough stretch for Alex. Even outside those below top 30 finishes, he was, you know, you, he might come away with a 13th place finish here and there, but it's definitely not the the runs by Alex we were used to seeing over the past couple seasons. Alex, he's always seemed to be the, I want to say, well, I'll say the, the underappreciated driver at Hendrick Motorsports as, as far as along, among media and fans. He just kind of flies under the radar, which I'm sure he don't mind. He strikes me as the personality type. He doesn't want a whole lot of attention on him. And that, that's a shame because he's truly a talented guy. This guy was pegged by Dale Jr. to take over his car, which I think speaks to his talent. And he has definitely shown that talent in his time with the Hendrick Motorsports. When you had Kyle Larson winning all those races last year, the second winningest driver was Alex Bowman. Before Chase went on his run this year, Alex was the second winningest driver behind Kyle Larson at Hendrick Motorsports. 
Yet most of what you hear about from that team is, you know, Kyle Larson, defending champion, dominant season last year, Chase Elliott, sports most popular driver, and William Byron, who is kind of looked at as the future of that team, you know, and everybody just kind of waiting for him to catch fire and put on a, a huge season, you know, a full season you know, of consistency and multiple wins. And then you got Bowman who just kind of sits back and does his own thing and, you know, comes away with a multi-win season and not a whole lot is, is made of it. So he definitely needs to pick up the momentum for the playoffs as they start here in the next few weeks. Hopefully, like Brandon, this is a step in that direction because Bowman, he's, he's a sneaky driver. If he can get going at the right time, he could surprise a lot of people and make a deep run in the playoffs. Now, moving on to this weekend's races, we have action from both the Truck Series and the Cup Series coming from Richmond International Speedway, Raceway, Richmond International Raceway. And this time, the Cup Series race won't be on a Saturday night. It is going to be on a Sunday afternoon. Last year's race, run on Saturday night, was won by Martin Truex Jr. So it'll be really interesting to see if he's able to repeat from last year and really throw this playoff race into chaos. Because if he wins, that's going to knock Ryan Blaney out of it. And who knows what's going to happen at Watkins Glen and, and at Daytona, especially with Blaney being the defending winner there. And for the truck series, their last fall race at Richmond was in 2020, won by Grant Enfinger, who obviously he's won already at IRP. He's locked into the next round. And he has a good shot at going into this race, really racking up some stage points, setting himself up for the next round. So, you know, look for a solid night out of him. And I don't know behind him, maybe Ben Rhodes would be another driver to watch, see if he can't have another solid night. You do have Taylor Gray making another start in that 17 truck. Does anything happen between him and John Hunter Nemechek? Like I said, this could all come full circle for John if he don't watch it. You know, I'm sure Taylor won't go out and just wreck him, just dump him, but he may make the night hard on John Hunter if given the chance. You also have Lane Riggs making his second career start. So plenty to be looking out for with the truck race and the cup race especially. Uh, I saw a, a tweet from Bob Pockers who he was asked by a fan, why isn't this year's race on a night, Saturday night, and – he tweeted a quote from Ben Kennedy last year on Richmond. He said, I would say a lot of our Frank, our fans, myself included, are accustomed to turning racing on, NASCAR racing in particular, on Sunday afternoon. I think we all have that habit. Certainly helped us kind of drive the decision to move that there. I think they picked the wrong race to do that. Uh, you know, to me, fall Richmond night race was kind of a staple, especially when the chase era, you know, kicked off. That was the, the race that's, that set the field for who would run for the championship. And even before then, you know, you'd have the, I remember the Chevy Monte Carlo 400 with all the Looney Tunes cars. To me, this was a Saturday night race and there was no moving it around. A lot of fans don't understand why it is that way. Why does a Sunday afternoon now, so I've saw tweets from people saying how close they live to the track and they're not going out there on a Sunday afternoon in August to sit you know, and watch, watch the race. It's just too hot to do it. So I'm not sure what the, it'll be interesting to see what that crowd looks like Sunday afternoon in that heat, but either way, whoever does show up or watches on TV, it is going to be an awesome show, awesome race. And interesting to see if uh, Mark Trex Jr. 
can get that win and put himself tentatively in a pretty well, a win with him would lock himself in the playoffs. And if so, then it's going to be, what does Ryan Blaney do? So y'all just sit back and enjoy this weekend's races. Cause it's getting really exciting. Just when you think you can't get any better, it keeps getting better. And y'all be on the lookout for the new video this week on Wednesday. Uh, didn't release one last week. This week, there will definitely be one. we got plenty to discuss, including they announced today that there's going to be a press conference on Wednesday with uh, Richard Petty and Mike Beam, those with Petty GMS Racing. They're going to announce the driver of the 42 car. Uh, my money's on Noah Gregson, but you never know with Silly Season. And until it's announced, it could be anyone, I would say. But we'll have that. We'll go over the point system, like I said. And who knows what all else? You know, we will go over some news broke for uh, some Xfinity Series news that a uh, driver, pretty big name driver, will be making his debut for that series at the Charlotte Roval later this fall. We'll break that down, go over who we're talking about, who he's going to drive for, and what to expect with that. And y'all just keep a lookout on social media, on my Facebook page and Twitter. Both have the same handle, at 3wide3. And you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, at 3wide. And... We'll have that video up hopefully Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Should be up and running. So y'all keep an eye on, on that. We are still growing. A lot of exciting things still going on with this show. And we are hope, we're looking not to slow down anytime soon. And that'll wrap up this week's episode of 3 Wide. Again, I thank you for listening along. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast from. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor.fm slash 3Wide3, or Amazon, wherever it may be, be sure to hit that button. If you have subscribed, be sure to leave a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week, and we'll meet back same time, same place, and go over all the action from Richmond International Raceway.